Shalom. Welcome to Ask JTF, the program in which we attempt to answer questions from our great JTFers. I'm Chaim Ben Pesach from the Jewish Task Force. This program is dedicated to a refuah shlema, complete recovery for David Gottfeld, Sharon Mitman, Shlomo Ben Sarah, and Dorit Bat Sarah, and to Ilui Neshemot, Elevating of the Souls, for Malka Bat Meir, Allegra Bat Shlomo, Daniel Neinkin, Victor Chazdai, Pesach Zeb Ben Dov, Lunita Adler, Shifra Hoffman, Ruven Hoffman, Barry Hoffman, Haramir Kahana, Harab Binyamin Kahana, Tzipora, Fegi, Bat Liba, Yosef Ben Meir, Robert Mitman, Dennis Shur, Helen Friedman, and Charles Zolat. Yesterday, we had a full day of rioting and violence and terrorism from the Arabs in Yerushalayim and Jerusalem, Israel's holy capital city. The Arabs, 150 years ago, the Arabs and the Muslims declared war on the Jewish people and said that they intend to wipe Israel out and wipe the Jews out, even before there was a Jewish state. They wanted to wipe the Jews out and, and, and exterminate all the, Jew, all the Jews in Israel. We have to understand that there is no coexistence there can be no coexistence with millions of Arabs who believe in a religion that tells them that the whole world must be Islamic. They don't even accept the existence of the United States or of countries in Europe. They, ex- they do not accept the existence of any non-Muslim country. They're certainly never going to accept the existence of a tiny Jewish state in the middle of the Arab world, in the middle of the Muslim world. That they will never accept. When the Mashiach comes... He's not going to bring coexistence with the Arabs. He's going to destroy all the enemies of the Jewish people. All the enemies of the Jewish people will be destroyed when the Mashiach comes. And so, we're not going to have peace or coexistence with the Arabs. And Jewish leaders in Israel who lie to us, like Itamar Ben-Gavir, Itamar Ben-Gavir, he's supposed to be the extreme right-winger. <laughs> and he goes on Arab television and says that the Arabs are loyal to the state and that the Arabs love the state of Israel. This is what Itamar Ben-Gavir said, the Arabs love the state of Israel, and he said he loves them. He said to, in in the high school, in a a Jewish high school called Blich, he told the students that he loves the minorities, the minorities, over 90% of the minorities in Israel, Arabs, Arab Muslims, that he loves them. So he loves the Arabs, and the Arabs love us, and everything is wonderful. It's just a few troublemakers that cause problems. That's what he's telling us. That's his his message. It's a lie. He's a fraud and a liar. And all the Jewish leaders are lying to us. And so Hashem, God, in his mercy, tries to wake us up and tries to let us know what our enemies are all about. Tries to show us that coexistence is impossible with those who are committed to our annihilation or to our extermination and the Arab Muslims are committed to our extermination the only group of people telling the truth as we've told you all along are the hilltop youth they're the only ones that stand for the truth and that put their lives on the line fighting for the truth the 500 Jewish heroes who are now on 30 hilltops in Judea and Samaria, and there are thousands of other Jewish youth who dream of and aspire to join them. And if we get the necessary funding and the support we need, thousands more will join them. And we will save Judea and Samaria, we will save the state of Israel from catastrophe. What we're going to do on this opening that, that we do on the program, I'm going to play for you now an interview that I did with Moshe Feiglin. Moshe Feiglin, the former Knesset member, Knesset is the Israeli parliament, Moshe Feiglin from the Israeli Knesset and and someone who was a pretty prominent and famous leader in, in Israeli politics. This is somebody who ran in the Likud prim, primary to become the leader of the Likud, to become the prime minister of Israel. He got 28% of the vote when he ran against Netanyahu, when he ran against Benjamin Netanyahu to become prime minister. He got 28% of the vote from from Likud voters in the Likud primary. So this is a pretty serious political leader in Israel. He was also the deputy speaker of the Israeli Knesset, a very serious leader in Israel. He interviewed me. The interview is in Hebrew, but there are English subtitles. We're going to play that interview for you now. It's 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 not that long. It's under seven minutes. We're going to play it for you now. And... In that interview, Moshe Feiglin says 
that the hilltop youth are the hope of Israel. They're our hope. This is what Moshe Feiglin says. Not Chaim ben Pesach. Not some Kahanis. This is Moshe Feiglin who ran for Prime Minister of Israel in the Likud primary and got 28% of the vote. And he's saying they're the hope of Israel. Let's watch this interview with uh, Moshe Feiglin. Um, um, כל ביד למה יש מצב כזה? כי יש חצי מיליון יהודים שגרים ביהודה ושומרון, אבל הם גרים ברק שניים וחצי אחוז מיהודה ושומרון. ואסור להם לצאת משניים וחצי האחוזים האלה. אומרים שאסור להם. אז ניתן ליצור מדינה פלסטינית טרוריסטית במעל תשעים אחוז מיהודה ושומרון, בלי לגעת ביישובים היהודים. בלי לגעת בהם, וזו הייתה תוכנית טראמפ. ו, וגם, אגב, תוכנית טראמפ זה גם תוכנית נתניהו. זה באמת התוכנית שלו. ואז מה עושים במצב כזה? נערי הגבעות, גיבורי הגבעות, מסרבים לקבל את הכללים האלה, שאנחנו רק יכולים לחיות בגטו של שניים וחצי אחוז מיהודה ושומרון, אז הם תפסו עשרות גבעות אסטרטגיות ביותר בכל רחבי יהודה ושומרון, והם חוסמים, ממש עם היישובים שלהם, הם חוסמים רצף ערבי טריטוריאלי. בגלל זה אויבינו, אויבינו מבינים כמה זה רציני, אויבינו דורשים כל פעם שיש לנו מה שאני, מה שאני מכנה מתן ומתן על, עתיד, על עתידם של יהודה ושומרון, הדבר הראשון שהאיחוד האירופי והאמריקאים והאירופאים והאו"ם והשמאל בישראל, הדבר הראשון שהם דורשים זה להסיר את המאחזים. המאחזים זה היישובים של נערי הגבעות. הם הגורם היחיד שבאמת, באמת פועל במסירות נפש כדי לעצור מדינה פלסטינית. ואני חושב שזה כל כך חיוני לתמוך בהם. כל כך חיוני לתת להם גיבוי ו- ו- ולאפשר אלפי, אלפי בני נוער יהודים ומשפחות יהודיות נוספות ל- לעבור לגבעות. אם נעשה את זה, אנחנו יכולים להציל את ישראל ממדינה פלסטינית. אם תהיה מדינה פלסטינית, חס ושלום, ישראל תהיה במד... בגבולות של רק עשרה קילומטרים. ומה שקורה בשדרות, מאז הגירוש בגוש קטיף, כל מדינת ישראל תהפוך לשדרות. כל המדינה. זה יהיה מצב בלתי נסבל. אז, אז אני חושב שזה מצב חירום. חייבים לתמוך בגיבורים האלה שבמסירות נפש מנסים, מנסים למנוע את זה 
ואני חושב שהם מצליחים. במקומות, כשיש נוער הגבעות, אין בנייה ערבית בלתי חוקית. אז... העניין הזה, אני לא יכולתי שלא להסכים איתך יותר מאשר בעניין הזה, נוער הגבעות בעיניי הוא היום התקווה של מדינת ישראל. כמו שלרב כהנא, השם יקום דמו ותנועתו, יש מניית יסוד עם העניין של יהודי ברית המועצות, לתנועת זו ארצנו, ומבצע מכפיל, יש איזושהי מניה קטנה בכל העניין של הגברות, לא היו מאחזים שכאלו קודם לכן. אני שולח אותך ללמוד קצת... את ההיסטוריה של, של הגבעות על הלוח, ותראה שאני צודק, לפני מבצע מכפיל של זו ארצנו, בשנת 94, 1994, כשהתחלנו, ההתיישבות הייתה קפואה על שמריה בתוך גבולות היישובים, הדבר הזה באמת, המהלך ההוא של זו ארצנו, כנגד אוסלו, הוביל בסופו של דבר לכמה יישובים ש, שקמו ונוצרה רוח חדשה והחל כל התהליך, מכל מקום, אבל אין ספק שהקרדיט מגיע כולו לאותם, לאותם מתנחלים, ואני מתנחל אצלי זאת מילת שבח שאין כדוגמתה, אני לא מתבייש, הלוואי שהייתי, אני, אני זכאי לשאת, שגר בקרני שומרון, זכאי לשאת בגאון את השם מתנחל, נוכל את נחלתו, והתמיכה בנערי הגבעות בעיניי היא קריטית וחשובה מעין כמותה, וכמו שאתה אומר, זהו העתיד שלנו. This is the message we attempt to bring to you every week. What a disgrace, what a shame that JTF is the only organization supporting the Hilltop Youth outside of Israel. In Israel, the Hilltop Youth themselves raise money from... their own supporters and from Jews and other Jews in Judea and Samaria, they, they have their own fundraising apparatus in, in, uh, in the land of Israel. But outside of Israel, the only organization, the only group that raises money and sends money to the Hilltop Youth is JTF. That really is, really is a very, very sad commentary on this generation, considering that we're the only organization helping the only hope For Israel, the, the hope for Israel. It is the hope for Israel, according to Moshe Feiglin, and he's so right. They are the hope for Israel. Tell me where there's other hope from all the Jews who are bowing down on their hands and knees to Arab Nazis that promise to exterminate them. Show me where there's any other hope. Show me where anything else positive is going on. It's not. They're the one positive thing that's happening. They're the one group that is not full of baloney. They're the one group that is worthy of our support. We should be with them on those hilltops. I'm talking about the Jews here. We should be with them on those hilltops. Every Jew should be on those hilltops. Every Jew should be defending the land of Israel against national suicide, against the creation of a so-called Palestinian state, which would be national suicide. Chas v'chalila, God forbid. And if we're not with them on those hilltops, at the very least, we should be supporting them in every way possible. There are two ways you can support the Hilltop Youth. One is online by going to our Hebrew main page, which is hayamin.org. You go to hayamin.org. Now, the page is in Hebrew, but there is a donate button in English on top. And you click on the donate button in English on top, and in several minutes you can very easily and conveniently make a generous donation to help the Hilltop Youth. Everybody should be helping. Everybody should pitch in here. This is an essential cause. That's online. If you, wanted, if you would prefer to send checks and money orders through the regular mail, as opposed to doing it online, that's fine. There's no difference to us. You just send your checks and money orders made out to JTF, and you send it to JTF PO Box 650327, Fresh Meadows, New York, 11365. JTF PO Box 650327, Fresh Meadows, New York, 11365. Okay. Let's go to our questions now from our great JTFers. And we start off with 
Roi, who writes, and I quote, Shalom Chaim, one, what is the status of women in Judaism? Do you think this makes Judaism a feminist religion in a certain sense? Unquote. Um, Roi, I don't use the term feminist. I do think that the Judaism is a religion that teaches us that we have to love women and we have to respect women uh, and how important women are and, and, and the vital role that women play because the Jewish people would not exist without the heroism of Jewish women. Uh, it's the Jewish women that rescued the Jewish people over and over again in Jewish history. Uh, so there's no question about it that Judaism is especially respectful in the highest sense of the word of, of, of women. But to say feminist, feminism is an ideology of hatred toward men. Most feminists are lesbians and it is an ideology where they preach hatred against men and and are against the Jewish religion and are against what Judaism teaches. So I would not use the term feminist. That is a, that's a movement of very sick people who do not deserve our support. But we, we should... We should respect and support and honor women and the great role that they play and recognize the great role they have, they have played repeatedly rescuing and saving the Jewish people and saving the world. Women have done that repeatedly throughout history. Roi now writes, and I quote, Two, do you think that Otsma Yehudit candidate Adva Biton, whose daughter was murdered by the Nazi Arabs, like presidential, like presidency candidate Miriam Peretz, whose sons were murdered in Gaza, taking advantage of the fact that their son, that their sons were murdered to try to be in the spotlight in Israel? Um, and does this, and, and, and does what they are doing take away from the memory of the death of their loved ones? Thanks. Um, I would not make a criticism like that of a mother who loses her children. I'm not going to criticize mothers who lose their children. I have no doubt that they feel tremendous pain. And it's unimaginable the pain that a mother who loses her her children, God forbid, we should never know, goes through. My grandmother, my beautiful grandmother, Allegra Bachlomo, May her memory be immortalized. Um, may she rest in peace. May peace be upon her. Allegra Bachlomo. She lost her son in a terrible car accident in, in 1949. He was uh, several weeks away from his 20th birthday. He was very close to his 20th, maybe even less than several. I, I, I don't remember exactly, but he was very close to his, almost 20 years old, close to his 20th birthday. And he was killed in a, uh, suddenly killed in a very serious car accident. And my grandmother was never the same after that. She never, she never got over it. She was never the same. Of course, she went on with her life and she continued to do good deeds and she was a wonderful Jewish woman. Uh, but, the pain that she went through, the pain her whole life, um, and it was just in the beginning when she lost her son, it was just unbearable, unbearable pain. So I can't, I can't say that about even if even if I Miriam Peretz, I don't, I mean politically and otherwise, I don't think she would be a good leader and or a good president, and I don't agree with what she what she has stood for over the years, but. A loss of her children. That I'm not going to. I'm not going to make criticism in terms of the loss of a mother losing their cho- their children, because that is, to me, is the ultimate loss. Thank you, Roe. And now we go to Joe Gutfeld, who writes, and I quote a good friend of ours, Joe Gutfeld, who writes, Shalom Chaim. What is your view on the accusation against Georgia Senator candidate Herschel Walker paying his former girlfriend to have an abortion? Thanks. Well, Herschel Walker is a black so-called Republican and so-called conservative. And, you know, these black so-called Republicans and so-called conservatives, many of them are just complete frauds and are just part of the horrible black culture in our society. Now, there may be occasionally black conservatives and black Republicans who are good people. There may be. There may be exceptions to the rule. But black culture in this country is overwhelmingly a culture of evil and selfishness and irresponsibility and despicable behavior. Over 80% of black babies are abandoned by their own fathers. Over 80% of black babies are born into illegitimate families. 
where the, the parents are not married and and the the child uh, and the child is abandoned essentially by the father father attempts to to disown and, and run away from the responsibility that he has in, in creating in creating a child so this is this is a culture that is very very evil and 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 and, and Herschel Walker, what a hypocrite, what a phony. He claims to be against abortion in all cases, no exceptions, which is not the Jewish position, by the way. Uh, if there's a danger to the mother's life, uh, a woman is required to have an abortion. So there are exception, There are some exceptions in Judaism. Generally speaking, of course, we're against abortion. Abortion is murder. But um, there are exceptions. He's against any exceptions. He is so militantly anti-abortion that he's against any exceptions under any circumstances. And meanwhile, he paid for an abortion. He paid for a woman to murder the baby that he that that he had with her illeg- illegitimately, illegally. And then he tried to get her to do a second abortion. What a hypocrite! What a phony! He's had at least four children with four different women. That he was not married to. At least four times he's done this. <laughs> this is the ultimate fraud. And then he has a son who's campaigning for him, who's gay. Isn't that wonderful? It's just what a what a disaster. What a mess. And now his son turned against him and the son. You know, it's all opportunism and phony and, and one minute this emotion and the next minute that emotion. It's all it's all hypocrisy. He's the Republican candidate that Donald Trump gave us in Georgia. Donald Trump has given us the worst candidates. He supported in Republican primaries the worst candidates, the most disgusting. He supported a Muslim, a Muslim citizen of Turkey to be the Republican nominee for the U.S. Senate. Dr. Oz is a Muslim, a practicing Muslim, and a citizen of Turkey. Who, wants to, who wanted to serve in the Turkish army but didn't want to serve in the U.S. army, and this is who is the this is the Republican nominee for the U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania, thanks to Donald Trump. Donald Trump supported. By the way, before Donald Trump, these candidates weren't going to win. Donald Trump intervened, endorsed the Republican primary, and all the stupid Republican voters, because Trump supports them, they all voted for these horrible candidates that Trump has given us this year. Horrible candidates. So I mean, candidate Republican nominee in 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 Arizona praising uh, Goring, Hitler's right hand man. I mean, these are the type of horrible candidates that Trump has given us. So I, I would not support, by the way, Herschel Walker. I would never vote for him, and I wouldn't vote for his uh, Democrat communist opponent either. I think both of them are catastrophes, and I, I just wouldn't vote in that election. I would just sit it out. Thank you, Joe Gutfeld. And now we're going to our great friend Hirvatsky Noachide, who writes, and I quote, one, please explain the difference between Rambam's opinion in Laws of Kings 8.11 and the opinion of Rambam on Tractate Makot, page 9, regarding a pious Gentile. Hirvatsky, I, I can't go... I, I do these shows cold most of the time. Most of the time. Sometimes I do homework on the show and I look at, look at the questions in advance, but most of the time I don't. Uh, this week I had no ch- opportunity. In the past 24 hours, I had two interviews, uh, two long interviews in Hebrew in the past 24 hours, and and all types of activity regarding the hilltops uh, that I'm not even getting enough sleep, which is which is not good. I mean, I'm 66 years old. I'm supposed to get my sleep uh, to maintain my health. I don't even know if you could tell in my voice that I'm I'm really uh, I'm not getting enough sleep lately because I'm just so busy with so many activities so I don't uh, I don't know uh, you know for me to look this up now look up what it says now in in and and I track tape my my court page nine I wouldn't even know how to find page nine with track I I, I Rambam track tape my court about I would have to find page nine page I don't know what page nine means I mean is that page nine in a book on track tape my court I mean, I, I'm not I'm not exactly sure so I can't I can't answer the question because it's it's just it's just uh, it's something I would have to go and look right now and see the difference and I was unable to do that I can't do that in the middle of the show. Uh, Hidvatsky now writes and I quote two, Rabbi Weiner rules in the Divine Code Second Edition page thirty three that after Mount Sinai it is impossible to add subtract or change any of the Noahide commandments forever. 
In light of this, will you reconsider your argument that Gentiles will eventually adopt other commandments? This I can answer. Because this is a, a discussion we had from last week's pro I think it was on, on last week's program we had this this, this discussion. And uh, and we've also had this discussion um, on the forum. You and I have written several things on the forum, so I'm going to respond to you now uh, on this because uh, this is something I can answer. No, I do not agree with Rabbi Weiner if if he's saying if he's saying that it's impossible to add, subtract, or change any Noahide commandments forever. I certainly disagree with him, and Harambam Maimonides disagrees with him, and most of the great commentators certainly disagree with him. Let's just give you Rambam for now. We'll go to Harambam. And it's again, you're mentioning laws of kings. It's called laws of kings and wars. And that's uh, Mishnei Torah. Mishnei Torah from Harambam. Rambam is Maimonides. And he writes in laws of kings and wars. And it's, uh, I got to find it now. I hope I can find it now. Uh, this is... Uh, Let's see if I can find it. It's chapter 10. I'm looking it up here. It's chapter 10. And it's... Um, it's... It's... Uh, Perek. It's verse 10. Uh, chapter 10, verse 10. I think you would say it, but it's more than one sentence. I don't know how you would say it in English. It's chap. It's 10, 10. 10, colon 10. Uh, on... Uh, on... Um, on wars, on laws of kings and wars from Harambam. I'm quoting from it. Let me read to you. Let me read it to you first in Hebrew. And this is on whether Noahides can observe more than just the seven Noahide commandments, the original seven Noahide commandments. This is Harambam. I'm going to read it to you first in Hebrew, and then I'm going to translate it into English. Ben Noach sheratza lasot mitzvah mishayar mitzvot haTorah kedei lekabel sachar. Ein monin Otol laasota kehilchata. Veim hevi olam mekablin mimenu. Natan staka mekablin mimenu. Ve yerae li she notnin ota le anie Israel. Hoil vehu nizon mi Israel. U mitzva alehem lehachyoto. Aval האקום שנתן צדקה מקבלים ממנו ונותנים אותה לעניי אקום. Okay, that's the end of the uh, quote in, in Hebrew. And I read it in Hebrew because Harambam wrote this in Hebrew. The original is in Hebrew. Now let me uh, read the translation in English. We should not prevent a Noahide who desires to perform one of the Torah's, Torah's mitzvot in order to receive a reward for, from doing so, provided he performs it as required. If he brings an animal to be sacrificed as a burnt offering, we should ex- we should receive it. If a Noahide who observes the seven mitzvot gives charity, we should accept it from him. It appears to me it should be given to the Jewish poor, for the Noahide may derive his sustenance from the Jews, and they are commanded to support him if necessary. In contrast, if an adult, if an idolater gives charity, we should accept it from him and give it to the Gentile poor. Okay. This is a little involved, but let me let me explain what it means. First of all, what he's saying is, if a Noahide wants to perform one of the mitzvot, outside of the seven mitzvot, in addition to the seven mitzvot, one of the other 606 mitzvot of the Torah that was given that were given to the Jews, Tariyaka mitzvot that was given to the Jews, if he wants to perform one of these these mitzvot, and he's not referring, there's certain mitzvot he's not referring to. He's not referring to observing Shabbat, for instance, that a Noahide is not allowed to do. And even uh, tar- certain types of Torah study are forbidden to are forbidden also under certain circumstances. But if a Noahide wishes to observe other commandments other than the seven, Harambam is, is is saying here he's permitted to do so. He says if he brings an animal to be sacrificed as a burnt offering, that's not one of the seven commandments. Why are Noahides allowed to bring animals to be sacrificed burnt offer- as a burnt offering? Gentiles in general are allowed to bring animals to be sacrificed as burnt offerings, even though it's not one of the seven Noahide commandments. So, already we see that Noahides and Gentiles in general are allowed to perform more than just the seven commandments. And then it says if he wants to give charity, it's staka, if he wants to give charity, it says we should accept it from him. And even give it to the Jewish poor. I'll explain what, what that means, even to the Jewish poor, because generally there's a question about whether or not to accept charity from Gentiles and give it to the Jewish poor. Uh, let me explain that. 
Harambam Maimonides distinguishes between Noahides and other Gentiles, especially idolatrous Gentiles, Gentiles who are, who, who are worshiping idols, who believe in religions that are idolatrous. There's a distinction here. A Noahide is part of a Brit, a covenant with God. A Noahide enters into a special covenant with God, just like the Jewish people are part of a special Brit, a special covenant with God. The Noahides also have their own covenant with God. God made a covenant with Noah. And that is not a covenant between God and all the Gentiles. It's a covenant between God and those Gentiles who accept the mitzvot of Noah. And once they enter into that covenant, they are not the same. They are on a higher spiritual level than the than other people, especially than idolatrous Gentiles. And so if an idolatrous Gentile wants to give charity, that's fine. He can give charity, but we do not give it to the Jewish poor because we don't want the Jewish poor to, to feel they're being fed by somebody who believes in idolatry and then they'll, this might attract them to idolatry. It's, it's a chilul Hashem. It's a desecration of God's name. If an idolatrous Gentile gives, wants to give charity, we only give that charity to the Gentile poor. He can give it to other Gentiles who are poor. But if a Noahide gives charity, which is not part of the seven commandments of, of B'nai Noach, it is not part of the commandments. If a Noahide wants to give charity, we accept it and we can give it to the Jewish poor because a Noahide is part of the Brit with Hashem and, and is on a high spiritual level. And yes, we can give, we can give it even to the Jewish poor. So there's a distinction between, Maimonides makes a distinction between Noahides and other Gentiles, especially idolatrous Gentiles. And so, you see that there are commandments. It says, he says here, point blank, that a Noahide who wishes to perform commandments can in, fee, can in fact receive a reward for doing so if he, provide, if he performs the commandments as required. And then he gives examples of commandments that are not part of the seven commandments. So obviously, uh, Harambam does not agree with the ruling uh, of Rabbi Weiner. Rabbi Weiner, obviously not. Um, so, what does this mean? This means that the day will come, especially in the world to come, if this is true in this world, and this is true in this world, you can imagine in the world to come when all of us are going to be elevated, all of us are going to be in a period of elevation, of eternal elevation, we're going to be constantly elevated uh, in the world to come, to higher and higher spiritual levels. And so, especially in the world to come, the day will come when Noahides uh, will perform all of the commandments that were given to the Jewish people. Um, well, not all of them, but the ones that pertain, that are that are relevant. Uh, obviously, there are commandments only for a king. There are commandments only for a Kohen, for a high priest. There are commandments in the Holy Temple. There are certain commandments that Noahides will not will not that don't involve Noahides. But commandments in general that that Noahides are able to perform, they're, they're going to be they're going to be required to perform those commandments as well. Um, or at least able to. At least it'll be permitted. I don't know if they'll be required to, but they'll they'll certainly be permitted to do so. Uh, and so, and so again, um, I hope this answers the question that. And this is Harambam. And by the way, the, the position of Harambam on this issue is not different from the position of uh, of many other scholars. And I'll give you an example of. Um, it's in Hebrew, uh, you know, the rabbis in Israel, many of the rabbis in Israel, like followers of Harav Kuk, they write about the Noahides. Harav Uri Shar Sherki, Harav Uri Sherki in Israel is a rabbi. Um, I don't know how good his English is. I know he speaks some English, um, but he is a is a highly respected rabbi in Israel, and he deals with Noahides and with uh, he deals with the issues of, of of the of the Noahides and with issues involving them, um, and he. You know, he clearly has said, in his, he clearly has quoted this Rambam in his videos. They're in Hebrew, but he clearly has quoted this Rambam, and he has said that the, the day will come when they're going to observe more than the seven commandments. They're not required to. They're not required to. They're only required to do the seven commandments. But are they permitted to do it, and do they receive a reward for doing it? Harambam says yes. Harav Uri Sherki says yes. Followers of Harav Kuk say yes. Harav Kuk was the first chief rabbi of Israel and one of the great uh, spiritual leaders of modern Jewish history. So that's just 
just so that you'll know. Uh, and 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 I'm not. And by the way, I'm not Rabbi Weiner. I'm sure he's a, he's a Torah scholar and 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 a wonderful a wonderful Jew and a wonderful Rabbi. Uh, and I'm not criticizing him, but I just what if if this is what he's saying, what he's saying goes against. <laughs> What I think is is are clear rulings here from from at least from Harambam and from many rabbis that I'm familiar with in Israel. Okay, so I hope that answers the question, uh, Hiravatsky, and I thank you. And now we go on to Truth Spreader, another good friend of ours who writes, and I quote, Dechayim, why are so many Californians moving to Texas? Unquote. Because Texas has no state income tax, because Texas has much less bureaucracy, because Texas is not yet a communist a communist state, where California is a communist state. California and New York are run by communists. They're run by leaders who are communists, who are destroying everything, everything decent or normal or good in the state. California was like paradise. When I was a boy in the 1960s, California was like paradise. It was a beautiful, beautiful... First of all, it is physically a beautiful state. Hashem, God, uh, gave the, the, the Gentiles a beautiful state in California. And I say the Gentiles because Jews are not supposed to live outside of Israel. But California is one of the places where God created incredible, majestic beauty, breathtaking beauty, beautiful Pacific Ocean, and, and just wonderful communities there. A really nice state. With Southern California has magnificent weather. Beautiful weather. And, and the state really was, Ronald Reagan was the governor, and eventually, of course, he became president, and most Californians voted for him at that time. But the state was overrun by illegal aliens and third world people, and now whites, uh, white Anglos, are only 36 or 37% of the state's population. So it's 63, 64% of the state's population are non-white minorities. And the consequence of that is, that the state is run by communists and leftists who are who are choking the people of California to death. Texas is also majority non-white now, but the whites are still a majority of the voters in Texas. And so Texas still votes barely. It's the bare minimum, but it still votes Republican, but that's going to change because Texas is being over, overrun as well by illegal aliens. So this is, uh, you know, this is the future of America. All of America is going to become like this, eventually, if unless something happens to to finally uh, wake the American people up and close the borders and end these crazy policies. It's the end of America. This is going to what happens in California, New York. It's going to be the whole country is going to be like that, and the country will turn into a nightmare, one big nightmare. That's that is what is going to happen unless the American people wake up. Donald Trump was elected promising he's going to build a wall on the southern border, which would have been very helpful. He never built the wall. He never kept any of his promises. So this is the this is the consequences of this. Thank you very much, uh, Truth Spreader. And now we go to Ram Sheva Sheva Efes, who writes in Hebrew, and I'll translate. Uh, we'll just try to go through this quickly. Shalom Chaim, Hatzadik, Mashlomcha, Madatcha, Al Habechirota Ele Ledatcha. Takum Memshala or Nelech Leod Bechirot, and he asked me if there's going to be an election, or we're going to, or we're going to go to another election, or there's going to, uh, or there's going to be, uh, or will the government finally, finally rise from this? Because in the past two years we've had five elections in Israel, and some people fear that there's going to be a sixth. Ram ani lo yodei amayye, ani lo yodei im Takum Memshala, eni musag, eni musag. Lefi haskarim yesh harbe safek. שתקום ממשלה. כי אין גוש אחד עם רוב של 61 מנדטים. I just told him, אז אני לא יודע, אבל ייתכן שבסוף כן תקום ממשלה. אינני יודע. What I just told Ram is that, uh, you know, according to the polls, uh, no, no, one of the two blocks does not have 61, the 61 out of the 120 Knesset seats that are needed to form a government, so it looks like there may not be another a government even after these after this fifth round of elections we'll see but i don't know matai nyargen mifkash zoom nosaf tzadik ma'im harayon in tamir dortal ze lo ala leyachar ze ze lo ala la atar shakadosh boruchu 
יברך אותך גם סוכות שמח באהבת ישראל רם מאיר אברהם. רם דורטל, תמיר דורטל אמר לי שהוא יעלה את הריאיון בעוד שבועיים. זה מה שהוא אמר לי לפני יומיים. אז נחיה ונראה, אני מקווה שכן. He's asking me about another interview that I had with someone named Tamir Dortal, and he hasn't put the interview up yet, but Tamir Dortal told me that he's going to put it up. It's an interview in Hebrew. Tamir Dortal told me that he is going to put it up in the next two weeks. So we'll see. And maybe maybe we'll get English subtitles and people on the forum could see the interview. Maybe. We'll see. אני מודה לך רם. And now we go to our good friend Nachis, who is a great JTFer, long-time JTFer, who writes, and I quote, Shalom Chaim, one, your takeaway on what is nowadays referred to as the Great Reset, and if credible, the hazards that will result from this. Nachis, I apologize, but I don't know what the Great Reset is. I haven't... I'm so involved with Israel lately, I honestly, I don't even know what it is. I just don't know what it is. I'm sorry, I apologize. Nachas now writes, and I quote, two, please comment on the following John Adams. John Adams was the second president of the United States. He was a Bible-believing Christian, and he supported Israel and the Jews and wanted the Jews to have a Jewish state. And he wrote that it would be great if the Jews came back and had a Jewish state, that he wanted to see the Jews have a Jewish state. He was the second president of the United States. Um... Nachas now writes, and I quote Czechoslovakia in regards to the Jewish people as well as the same with Denmark and the pro-Jewish king of Denmark, pro-Jewish with, with a question mark. <coughs> First of all, uh, you have to make a distinction between the Czechs and the Slovaks. Czechoslovakia was the Czech Republic and now Slovakia. It's, there's no longer Czechoslovakia. Um, the Czech Republic was against the Germans and the Nazis they did not persecute the Jews. The Jews, the Czech Jews, were not persecuted by the Czechs. I mean, a uh, different story. I mean, of course, the, the Germany, Nazi Germany defeated Czechoslovakia and the Czechs and occupied the Czech Republic. Uh, but the Czechs themselves did not persecute the Jews during, during the Holocaust. As far as um, Slovakia is concerned, they were vicious Nazi mass murderers. They were Nazis, they supported the Nazis, and they did persecute and murder the Jews. Um, as far as Denmark and the claim that the Danes all marched with, that, 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 the, that the Nazis, uh, the German Nazis told Denmark when they invaded and, and conquered Denmark, they told them, we want you to parade all the Jews with Jewish stars of David in the middle of Copenhagen, the, the capital of Denmark. Uh, and, and, and the Danish people responded, all the Danes, including the, led by the king of Denmark, marched with the Star of David on them to show, we're all, you, you want to do this, you have to do this to all of us. We're all with our fellow, with, with our fellow Danish citizens who are Jewish. You're not going to do this to them. We're all, including the king of Denmark, they all wore the Jewish stars and marched. This is the myth that these sick, self-hating Jews invent because they're so anxious to show and fantasize about how everybody loves us. How everybody loves us, and it's such baloney. None of this happened. None of this happened. And the Danish police and many Danish soldiers and many Danes collaborated with the Germans and were not anti-German. And the Danes, racially and, and in terms of language, are not are not that different from the Germans. Uh, so uh, this is all baloney. Baloney. Um... And, and by the way, today Denmark is viciously anti-Israel, does everything they can to destroy Israel. They and all the other Scandinavian countries are viciously, viciously anti-Israel and anti-Semitic. And now we go to uh, the next one, Pat Robertson. Pat Robertson, um, long-time evangelical Christian preacher who genuinely is very pro-Israel. Very pro-Israel. And unlike Jerry Falwell, who said that if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell forever, and that's just in his... Sorry, but even though Jerry Falwell supported Israel, but but he said the Jews who don't believe and anyone else who doesn't believe goes to hell, and if you believe in, in Jesus, it doesn't matter how evil you are, you're going, you're going to have eternal paradise. Now, a Christian ideology that I think is atrocious, uh, that of course is atrocious, it's completely immoral, and, and, and a God that would do that would be a monster, uh, a God that would, would throw righteous and wonderful people in hell. 
but but evil monstrous people as long as they they say they're sorry and believe in Jesus would be able to would be able to get eternal paradise and that's a monstrous religion that would be uh, that's horrific and that is the dominant christian view unfortunately but pat robertson does not share that view pat robertson said that there that jews and others who who don't believe if they're righteous they can indeed re- receive eternal redemption and 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 uh, an eternal life so Pat Robertson is, was not like Jerry Falwell in that respect, and certainly not like Billy Graham. Billy Graham was a vicious anti-Semite. Uh, Pat Robertson really supports his, really supports, supported Israel always, and 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 was good to the Jews. So I think he's a good person. And Nachas writes, "Thanks and God bless." Thank you very much, Nachas. And now we go to our friend Binyamin Yisrael, who writes, and I quote. One, you said you don't remember the first affirmative action story you ever experienced. Can you share the first one that you do remember? How old were you? Unquote. I, I can't think of this now, Benjamin. I have no idea. I was a child when I first experienced affirmative action. I went to school with blacks since since kindergarten. I was in, I, I, blacks were in were in were in kindergarten with me, and they were poor students. By the way, then they they were failing and poor students then. They're poor students today. Uh, but now, no matter what, they automatically get promoted. But I, I mean, I had all types of experiences where, you know, one time somebody dropped a quarter on the lunch in in the lunchroom in 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 my um, in high school. I remember in high school somebody dropped a quarter, and two blacks ran to grab the quarter from the floor and steal it. I mean, they they practically they got into a fight, practically got in fight a fight with each other to decide who's going to steal the quarter. I mean, just and then and then they also they would rob people of their lunch money, white kids and Jewish kids of their lunch money. With they come into school with switchblades. I mean, uh, you know, I I went to school with people who were bad people, um, and uh, you know, we had we had problems even then. So which. You know, which is the first that I read? I don't know, but it goes back. It goes way back. There were many stories like this. Benjamin now writes, and I quote: uh, "What is your opinion of the following people topics? Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus was probably a Jew who converted to Christianity to save his life during the Inquisition, and I think he probably was a Jew. There, are, there are indications, and there, there's evidence that he probably was Jewish." Uh, the war on Columbus Day and trying to turn it into Indigenous People's Day. Of course, this is an obscenity. That's just ridiculous. Complete obscenity. I'm not saying there weren't injustices done to Native Americans. I think there were. I think Native Americans were uh, were treated barbarically and unjustly in many cases. Um, but, you know, the United States uh, was a country that came into being and had great potential, and especially in the days of the Founding Fathers, could have been a very righteous nation, at least it had the potential of being a righteous nation. So people who want to celebrate the existence of the Gentiles, who want to celebrate the uh, American Independence Day and Columbus Day and other days, uh, should certainly should certainly have a right to do so. I say Gentiles, Jews, Jews should not be part of those celebrations because Jews are are supposed to be part of the land of Israel. We do not belong here. This is not our country. Our country is only Israel for the Jewish people. But Gentiles who want to observe and honor the United States and especially the America of the Founding Fathers and the principles of the Founding Fathers, I think I think that that's uh, wonderful. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. And now Benjamin writes, and I quote, former Canadian P.M. Harper. They say that he was pro-Israel. I don't know. I, I honestly, I haven't, I haven't studied it in depth, so I don't know if he really was. He certainly didn't solve the problems of Canada. Uh, former Canadian PM Pierre Trudeau. He was an anti-Semite and a leftist and the scum of the earth. Uh, current Canadian PM Justin Trudeau. He's a leftist, but even he criticized Bi- Biden ending the pipeline. Yeah, of course, because Canada suffered tremendously from ending the pipeline. And, and of course, the only beneficiaries of this were the Muslim Nazis who want to destroy America and Israel. Uh, you know, the Biden administration energy policies are an atrocity are horrific and that's one of the main reasons why we have such high inflation because of high energy prices and energy shortages created by Biden 
sabotaging energy production in the United States, oil and gas production in the United States. And I'm all for green energy, and I'm all for electric vehicles. I think we should have, we should convert to electric vehicles, and that will help us become independent of of uh, Arab and Islamic and foreign oil. I'm all for electric vehicles. I'm all for. Uh, green energy and all other types of energy research, I'm 100% in favor of that. But in the meantime, in the meantime, we've got to have oil and gas that's produced in the United States because the American economy is dependent upon it as well. We should be pumping and drilling and, and fracking and doing everything we can to produce as much energy as possible and bring down the prices as much as possible and put the Arabs and the Muslims out of business and the United States can do it. Uh, Biden, um, this is one issue in which Biden is worse than Trump. Worse than Trump. His policies on energy are terrible. He's literally at war with oil, gas, oil, natural gas, coal. He's at war with, 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 with these industries that are essential to America's economy. And, that, and he's helping the Arab Muslims when he does this, and the Iranian Muslims, he's helping them. Because he's giving them tremendous new profits, because they, if, if anything that uh, if America doesn't produce... Who's going to fill the gap? Saudi Arabia and Iran and all of the enemies of the United States and Israel. Thank you, Benjamin. And now we go to Kahana Will Always Be Right, who writes, comment on uh, Krav Maga, boxing, kung fu, karate, judo, jiu-jitsu, and Muay Thai. Kahana Will Always Be Right. I don't know how to comment on these things, except to say that I think that, I, I, I except to say in general, that anything that teaches people to defend themselves, to fight and defend themselves, and be capable of handling themselves in a difficult situation, handling themselves physically in a difficult situation, anything that teaches people to do this, men and women, is good. People should learn how to defend themselves. People should learn how to fight. People, not of course, not to... Uh, of course, we don't want people to go out and commit acts of violence for no reason and, and be... You know, be vicious, violent people. Obviously not. You know, we 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 believe in love and compassion and decency. And, uh, but but if somebody attacks either you or other innocent people, and you know how to defend yourself, and you could defend, and you can you can offer self-defense. This is good. This is very positive. So all of these things, if they if they provide real self-defense learning, I I know people who 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 learned some of these skills, especially in the JDL, and became very, 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 very good fighters. Very good fighters, very powerful fighters. I also know people who took who, who took karate and other things for years and, and, <laughs> and didn't really learn that much from it. It didn't really help them that much. So it depends. It depends who the teacher is. It depends uh, how serious the student is, but it's something that should be encouraged. Uh, people, decent people, moral people should should know how to defend themselves. Thank you, Kahana will always be right. And now we go to uh, Chaim Azulai Efeshesh, <clears throat> who writes in Hebrew, and I'm going to quickly uh, uh, read it and translate. Shalom Chaim, Moadim Lesimcha, Shana Tova, Ugmar Hatima Tova, Mashlomcha, Birshuti, Shtei She'elot. לגבי סיחות זום שלנו, מתי מבחינתך אפשר יהיה לקיים את הסיחה הבאה שלנו כמו שעשינו לאחרונה לפני כחודשיים? And he's asking me again, he wants, which uh, question that Ram asks every every week, when am I going to do another Zoom in Hebrew with, with our people in, in Israel, with the people, with the people in Israel? Um, אני רוצה לעשות עוד זום, אני עסוק מאוד כעת. ואני מצטער מאוד ש, שלא הספקתי לעשות את זה במשך החודשיים האחרונים, אתה צודק. Uh, אני רוצה לעשות את זה, אני מקווה שנוכל לעשות את זה בעתיד הקרוב, אבל אני, אני לא יכול להבטיח בלי נדר. And now, uh, and I said, I'm, I hope to do it. I'm very, very busy, but I hope to do it. I can't make a commitment. Bli נדר means I, I can't make a commitment, but I hope to do it in the near future, but I've just been very busy. And now Chaim uh, uh, writes, and I quote, Shtayim lemeitav habanati derech ram nodeli sheata be'ad gerush aravi hamoni meretz Yisrael 
מה ניתן יהיה לעשות עבור כאלה שמתנגדים ולא מוכנים בשום פנים ואופן להתפנות. וגם הבנתי שאתה מכין תוכנית שערביי ישראל יהגרו לארצות הברית, איך בדיוק אתה מכוון שזה יקרה לאור זה שלהגר לשם זה דבר לא קל בלשון המעטה. וגם ככה אני יודע שיש להם בעיה קשה עם מסתננים ממקסיקו ובכלל כל נושא הוויזה לארצות הברית בגלל החשש שיהגרו לשם גם קשור לעניין הקושי לדעתי בהגירה לשם. אני חושב שמדינות אחרות בעולם היו יותר יכולות לקלוט אותם מבחינת ההקלות במדינות ההגירה עליהן. המשך שבוע טוב, חגים שמחים, ושנדע רק שקט וביטחון רב. אמן. אמן. to encourage uh, the expulsion of the Arabs from the land of Israel, a mass expulsion from the Arab land of Israel, and that you want to encourage them to, you have a, a, that I have a program to encourage them to come to the United States. Uh, and this would be very difficult because of visa and other considerations. First of all, I believe that we can encourage, I do believe we should be encouraging the Arabs to leave Israel. Uh, and I do believe the vast majority want to leave Israel, especially if we offer them compensation for doing so. Um, and I think that the I think that they'd be willing to go even to third world countries. Um, I think that they would be willing to do it because if we're offering them compensation, they'd live like kings in third world countries with the compensation we would give them. Uh, that money would not go very far in the United States or a Western country, but the money that we'd give them would go very far in a country like Kenya or in some poor Arab country so they they you know I think and I think a lot of them would go for that I think a lot of them would accept that uh, let me answer him now in Hebrew um, במקרים מסוימים תמורת פיצויים. לגבי ארצות הברית, אני מסכים איתך שזה קשה לפעמים להגר לארצות הברית. אני הצלחתי להביא מעל 30 ערבים. אני לא יכול לעשות יותר מזה כי אני רק כאדם בודד עושה את זה. אני עוזר להם. אני עוזר להם. אני שולח אימיילים, אני, אני מנהל שיחות טלפון עם חברי קונגרס, עם סנטורים. <coughs> כדי לאפשר ערבים להביא את המשפחות שלהם uh, מארץ ישראל לאמריקה, והצלחתי להביא uh, מעל 30 ערבים מארץ ישראל, מקלקיליה וטול כרם ואום אל-פחם ו- וכל מיני uh, מקומות בארץ ישראל, uh, הבאתי, עזרתי להם לבוא לארצ- ל- ל- לארצות הברית, ברוך השם. ברוך השם, כשיש ערבי שעוזב את ארץ ישראל, תמיד צריך לומר ברוך השם על זה. אבל אני חושב שאפשר לשכנע הרבה ערבים אפילו לחיות בעולם השלישי, כי אם הפיצויים שניתן להם, הם יחיו כמו מלכים שם. אז אפילו במדינות כמו הודו, ומדינות באפריקה או בדרום אמריקה, מדינות ש, שבהרבה מקרים רוצות מהגרים כאלה. ועם הפיצויים הם יכולים לחיות טוב מאוד שם. הפיצויים שלנו לא, לא יעזרו להם הרבה במדינות כמו ארצות הברית או המערב, אבל במדינות של העולם השלישי, במדינות עניות, הפיצו, עם פיצויים כאלה, הם יחיו כמו מלכים. אז אני חושב ש, שצריך להציע להם לעשות את זה, ו, וניתן לעשות את זה, אם, אם רק היו לנו מנהיגים שהיו מוכנים לעשות את זה. אני, אני מודה לך, חיים אזולאי, and I want to thank everybody for another program of SJTF that I very much enjoy doing. And once again, 
we're going to keep fighting uh, in in order to win a big victory uh, in Judea and Samaria. If we win with the Hilltop Youth, and we're fighting against the odds, always, we always fight against the odds, but if we can win, if we can somehow get enough support for the Hilltop Youth in our battle for Judea and Samaria, that would be a tremendous victory for the Jewish people. And, uh, and we'd be able to, we, 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 we would be able to say that we saved Israel from a, an enormous catastrophe, God forbid. If we work together as a team, we can change Jewish history. We can make this a better world. In your heart, you know we're right. In your guts, you know they're nuts. For JTF, until next week, this is Chaim ben Pesach. Shalom.